This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 11th, episode 2074. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge... You're an endurance rider. Well, that's right. It is endurance time, that time of the month when we talk to Karen Chatton about endurance, which we've been doing for years and years and years now. Although Karen probably didn't expect that this year in December, we would be talking about how endurance is the most controversial discipline in all the (laughs) horse world. I know. I don't even know what to say. There's just all this politics and stuff going on. Drama, drama, drama in the endurance oh. world. You know, you, yeah. it was always that sport that everybody just went out and did, and they're all rough and tumble, and it was all it was all hunky dory. And now, now look, uh, I know we all just want to go ride and yeah, do our own thing. <laughs> we always figured we could solve all the world's problems if we could just go ride our horses all day long. That's right, <laughs> endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, here we are with uh, well, more politics. We're going to talk about, and this is very fresh as of last night. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, coming up in just a minute, but we have a lot of guests and a lot of things going on on today's show. So, Jennifer, what is coming up on today's show? Coming up on today's show, hot topics abound. So we're going to chit-chat a little bit about what's going on in the AERC political-wise. Karen's got a great tip on winterizing your living quarters horse trailer. Yes, there's still time. And Melissa Ribley, DVM, yep, we're having another vet on, is going to stop by and chat. And she is going to be talking about the national championships ride. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit about being a green bean. And that is thanks to Mary Howell. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. And before Jennifer goes, she is a green bean. And Karen, she's going to be riding her first 25 this weekend. That's terrific. Yay, Jennifer. Now, it's supposed to rain all day Friday and most of the day Saturday with potential for severe thunderstorms. So, oh, well, that'll make for great stories later. And then on your future rides, you can look back and say, oh, this is no big deal. I once did this in the rain. <laughs> I don't think she really wants to camp overnight with her horse you in a gotta, little pen with the thunderstorms. Positive side of it. Yeah. <laughs> we get some wicked be... lightning here. <laughs> Glad when it's over. <laughs> Are you ready, Jennifer? You ready for this? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the potential for seven hours of rain on Friday is, is taking a little bit of the excitement out. Yeah. yeah, because when it rains here, Karen, we don't get a drizzle. It pours. pours. In- it just comes down in deluges. I mean, we'll get an inch, two inches an hour. It just 
pours. It never comes down lightly. So, <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> and I'm hoping where I am that we're going to hit above freezing today. <laughs> See, everybody has their problems. So, well, yeah, we'll trade. I would like yeah. to trade. I'll yeah, trade so there's some Florida people in the North Carolinas that or North Carolina would like to get rid of their two feet of snow too. So yeah, yeah. exactly. No kidding. <laughs> You'll oh, be geez. fine, Jennifer. Let's just tell her she'll be fine. You'll be fine, Jennifer. You'll be fine. Bring a couple I'll of extra fine. trash bags, heavy-duty trash bags, because you idea. can cut holes in them and put them over yourself for a raincoat. Yeah, yeah. We can cover up other things. You know, <laughs> there the one, you go. The one nice I'm thing is, I'm going to duct tape them all around Nigel too. Um, he's just going to wrap them up in a trash bag. We have a nice new trailer. It doesn't <laughs> leak like the old one, so at least there's that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. See, look at the. You know, positive side of things. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it just seems like every time for two years now, she's been trying to do endurance rides and she's finally gotten a couple, you know, smaller ones in. She goes for her first real one. And every time either the horse gets hurt or something goes on. You know, just, even even oh, when yeah, they did, say did we, uh, there's a chance of rain, there's still a chance it won't rain. So think positive. Yeah. Yeah. Think <laughs> you don't live and, in Florida. And, and he's currently in love with his his. <laughs> next door neighbor mares and decided he can't eat anymore so that's got us all stressed out you need to move him down to the other field love. we need to move him yeah <laughs> anyway so uh that's jennifer's adventure coming up all right well let's go right to last <sighs> night <laughs> so so can you kind of recap what's been going on with the with the american endurance ride conference and the united states equestrian federation well, there's a lot of discourse. There's a lot of people are taking up sides and they're very passionate about their positions, well, whichever side they're let's on. Let's back up. Let's back up. The, it, the, U, the AERC, the American Endurance Ride Conference, is the um, national body. governing is Right. Body, yes, for endurance in the United States. Working with the USEF, and the USEF actually brings to the table the FEI side of riding, right? Yes. Okay. So they've worked together all these years on making all of this happen, right? Mm-hmm. Now, from what I understand, especially after WEG, um, <laughs> and if those that weren't around are living under a rock, WEG did not go so well for endurance, and uh, we won't get back into that again, but it ended up being canceled. So now, d during after that, the AERC sent a rather strongly worded letter to the USEF that, that they and the FEI better get their act together or we're out. Right, and they've been sending these letters for a number of years. About but they meant it this year. <laughs> well, they meant it. Apparently, maybe they did mean it. I don't, you know, I don't know. They've been sending these letters. People have been, you know, upset over uh, the way horses are treated in other countries that are running, whether they're FEI rides or national rides in these other countries. And they perceive that AERC is looked upon badly by the rest of the world because of the, the things that are occurring in these other countries. Whereas the other side of the equation is that our riders here don't, they feel that they're not abusing their horses. They're following the rules. You know, why should they be singled out and not allowed to compete at the FEI levels internationally? So, so there's 
quite a bit of, it, it's a complicated matter. It's, there's no, I don't think there's any simple way to resolve it. And last night at the AARC board meeting, they had a vote of no confidence and basically replaced the AERC president. Oops. Did did anybody know that was going to happen? Did, was there speculation? Uh, I, I didn't know. I mean, but <laughs> I, I don't know if the rest of the board, there's 26 members of the board. I don't know what they were, you know, they're probably discussing a lot of stuff in private, trying to resolve this issue because it really is dividing the organization. And it's, you know, you just look at the, the social media stuff going on and it's very, um, it, disruptive to to uh to american endurance it's it's a difficult issue that they need to uh, um you know find some way to solve this this problem there there was supposed to be a vote last night to disassociate from the usef which means basically Mm -hmm. go on their own do their own shows and i don't know what happens with the fei rated shows then uh, here in the United States. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens at that point. But basically, the AARC, AERC runs most of the rides in the country anyway, right? On the exactly. national level. Right. right, because most FEI rides are co-sanctioned, and they're run at the existing AERC rides. And so the, the FEI-level riders can enter you know, the FEI ride as well as the AERC ride. Mm. And, and, and in some regions... A lot of the hundreds only exist because they're getting enough of the FEI riders to make it worth even putting a ride on, you know, because the 100-mile distance is um, not quite as popular as it once was in the past. So is is there a divide then between the FEI riders and the the national riders who are never going to go FEI? I think so. Yeah. probably more in some regions than in other regions. But the fear I think that some people have is if we disassociate from USEF, that a new national organization will form that will start hosting the FEI rides and that can hurt AERC membership because more riders will go to the new organization. By the way, um, the same battle has been had this year, earlier in the year, if Jennifer will remember this, with the uh, driving people, the American Driving Society and the USEF. Exact same battle. Exact same battle. The the American Driving Uh Society voted to break off. Matter of fact, they did break off. They they. Dis- uh-huh. They what is the word? Uh, disaffiliated, and then they had negotiations after and made nicey nice and came to a compromise and got back together again. Because the American Driving Society is also the governing board for all of the drives here. It works exactly the same way as the AERC. Uh-huh. So and how's that working out? <laughs> well, they're back together again, and I guess they kissed and made up. I don't. I don't know. And then Jennifer was reading today. What's the the uh, Arabian Horse Association? American Arabian, yeah, the Arabian Horse Association is, uh, they're, they're, uh, fixing to break up too. So we'll see. Yeah, they're an affiliate of the USEF from the breed side. And they're looking at breaking off from the USEF and just doing their own thing because there's no FEI sanctioned events then involved there. It's a breed. And there's lots of breeds that are part of the USEF and they work with the USEF. Hmm. So they're looking at doing that. But Jennifer read that it would cost the USEF, what, a million and a half dollars if the Arabians bailed ship or jump ship? A little bit over a million bucks. Yeah. Oh boy. 
just to play devil's advocate here, what is the common thread throughout all of these issues? Um, the USCF. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Not laying blame anywhere. Not doing it. <laughs> and we normally don't talk yeah. politics on this show, but you know, when we say that, we mean national politics. But you know, you kind of can't talk about endurance right now without talking about politics, right? I know. It's it's really too bad. I just want to go ride my horse. Exactly. Well, that's the case for 99% of the members. Exactly. I wonder what percentage exactly. of the members of the AERC are FEI. It's a very low percentage. Yeah. However, you can't just, you know, pin a number on it because you've got not just those members that are writing FEI, but you've got you've got to include all of their support people, mm. their spouses, their family, their crew. You know, there's like when you go like you were at WAG, it, you saw how many people were there to support the riders. Mm, right. so, so so there's you know, it's it's you know, you're never gonna have a majority of riders that wanna ride at that level, but you are gonna have a lot of you know, they are going to have the support of a lot of people that are the regular AERC members that want to support them and help them, you know, achieve their, their goals and their dreams of competing at those levels. So, all right. Well, uh, to, to wrap this up, issue. last night at the <laughs> meeting, at the board meeting for the AERC, they voted the president out. Paul's gone. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, they voted that president, uh, that vice president Monica Chapman will replace him as the new president. Yes. Okay. And they put off the vote. They postponed the vote to disaffiliate from the USCF at this point. Right. For a future meeting. So everybody can fight about that for another month or two. (laughs) (laughs) No, make it stop. (laughs) That one ain't going away. So I I can imagine the the Facebook pages for the endurance riders are quite lively anyway, because it's kind of a lively group. They're going to have a field day with this whole thing. It's going to be bad. Well, let's talk about something fun. Uh, you did made up a game. Tell us about the game you made up, because I think it sounds like a lot of fun, actually. We did. I was riding last month with my junior, just out on a regular conditioning ride that we often do two, three, four times a week. And we saw these shiny metal objects off on the hillside. And we're like, what is that? Let's go check it out. You know, because we we do that a lot. We see something, uh, maybe it's on the top of a mountain and say, hey, let's go see what that is. So we rode over and it turned out it was this weird looking metal thing that stuck up and it had chains on it and it was round and shiny. And then we realized there's a bunch of them all over this hillside here. So we ended up coming to the starting point and then there was a sign thankfully for us because we had never heard of this sport called disc golf. And so the county I live in had built this disc golf course, 18 holes. It's like three, three and a half miles long for the course. And so basically what you do is you take a Frisbee and you throw it as far as you can. You know, you're aiming for the tee, which is those metal 
postings like that are sticking yeah. up like baskets yeah. yes and so and then as you go you you know you go find your frisbee you hope and then you throw it again it's and like then, golf it's like golf you go try like, and find your ball in the water or in the woods yep yes <laughs> so then we 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 came home and then the next day we grabbed up our frisbees that we had and went back on the horses and played equestrian disc golf. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Now, it's a lot of getting on and off, isn't it? Or did you bring something along to get the Frisbee off the ground? Yes, I did. I brought, I have one of those grabber things. Oh, it's for like, like picking up garbage? Yes. Yeah, and that'd so be perfect. I gave it to the kid. She's only 11 and she can hang off the side of the horse like a monkey. And so she would hang off the side and grab the Frisbees up and pick them up for us. And so we we played. You it invented a new game. That's a terrific game. We invented game. a new game. And it was fun. And it was like really fun because there were other people there playing. And they thought it was just hilarious watching us play <laughs> the Frisbee golf from the back of the horses. They were taking pictures and video. And I mean, we were just having a great time and it's it's a lot of fun because you're laughing because basically we really sucked at it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so it's funny we were just laughing and having a great time and then it's really good for the horses because they're learning uh you know it's like what else are we going to do with these you know they're humans they're like they tolerate us to do every kind of crazy thing in the world with them as an endurance horse you know we take them um through just every imaginable type of thing during the course of all the endurance rides that they've done over the years. But now we're throwing a Frisbee from their back and then making them stand still while we hang off of them and try to pick it up and then do it again. You know, we're throwing the Frisbee from the top of their, you know, over their ears. And they, you know, they're like, okay, this is just something else to do and uh but it was a lot of fun we had a good time that's great that's a great idea that'd be a good thing for pony club kids on ponies uh Uh it'd be a a new new game for uh, mounted games jennifer that'd be right right there we go yeah you know it never hurts for your horse to learn patience and how to stand still you know even if you do have to get on and off it's still good you know practice for the horses to learn that and um, learn that, you know, we're not just going, going, going all the time. Like a lot of endurance horses get that ingrained in their brains that we're just going to get on and go, go, go. And, and so it's kind of a nice change to do something different with them. So it's kind of a fun thing and it's sort of cool. I didn't know, but this, there's a thing called the PDGA, um, which is the Professional Disc Golf Association. Yeah, of course and, there is. <laughs> and they've got 43,000 members. What? And there's like four or 5,000 disc golf courses in just the United States. And <laughs> they have tournaments all around the world. It's like a really big thing. And I'm like, wow, who knew? <laughs> so the, the stuff funny. you find while riding a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a couple other things, too, before we get to Kristen. I did. Uh, I missed the last ride of the year. Actually, the weather didn't cooperate. But like the Wednesday before, I pulled down some boxes of Christmas decorations, promptly tripped over one and broke my toe. <laughs> so I've been. Uh, yeah, luckily. Okay. That was All the worst things you do and you yeah. break your toe in Christmas stuff. decorations. I, I did. Uh, <laughs> but the good news, I guess, see, I always look at the good news, the good you know, side of things. I haven't 
broken anything or had any horse injuries for 17 years. Well, there you and go. this this wasn't horse related, so I'm kind of looking at the bright side. There of that. you go. <laughs> it still hurts. Can't hurt. blame my the horse. Still hurts. It's, it's a dumb human <laughs> trick. Yes, it was. So, and then I I do want to mention there's a couple. There's a brand new multi day pioneer ride in the West Region coming up in May. That's going to be in uh, Eureka, Nevada, May 24th, 25th, and 26th. There's going to be a 25 or a 30 each day in addition to the 50 or 55 each day. And so we're going to talk to that ride manager on an upcoming episode and learn more about that ride. And then another um, pioneer ride that takes place in Spencer, Idaho, in the Northwest region, uh, top of the world, Pioneer, July 26th, 27th, and 28th, is offering free entries to junior riders. And uh, what makes it a pioneer ride? Uh, it has to be at a minimum of three days and 155 miles or more. So it can be a three-day, 155-mile ride, or it can be four days and 200 miles or, uh, you know, 205, whatever that it works out to, depending on how the trail course goes. Or it could be five days and 250 miles. And it doesn't, you don't have to do all those miles, obviously. It's just they're offering that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But if you want to get counted for the Pioneer Awards system for that category, you need to ride the same horse all of the days of the Pioneer ride. Oh, wow. Okay. But you don't have to. You can alternate horses. You can do a different distance each day. Um, you know, just mix it up by whatever you're up to doing or your horse is up to doing. And so it's just nice to to see these rides being offered, especially a new one in, in the West region, because um, we used to have more than we do now. And um, due to various reasons, trail losses or whatever, we've, we've had, we've seen some of these rides go away. So it's good to see some, some new ones pop up. Very good. Well, let's uh, go now as we do every single month to Kristen from Distance Depot. Hi, Kristen. Good morning, morning, Karen and Glenn. How are you? Good. How are you? Just fine. Staying, trying to stay warm here. Same here. (laughs) We haven't been getting above freezing. How about where you're at? Yeah, it's been pretty cold. We've even had some snow, which is unusual for us. So, but today it's going to be sunny and and supposed to be, oh, I think it's going to get 50 degrees or something. So that'll be a relief. <laughs> right. And you're going to tell us today about some of the great gift ideas that you have. Yes. Um, you know, if you have a horse person on your list, um, pretty much everything we, <laughs> everything we sell works. But um, I will say, if you're not sure um, what to get, of course, gift certificates, especially this time of year, um, are very popular. We can um, send them in the mail to the recipient or email them directly to them, um, and that way they can pick out exactly what they need. And so for people um, like me, of, horse husbands like me, who wait till like the day before, <laughs> they can be emailed and you're good to go. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but we do have a whole page dedicated to horse 
themed items. So we have duffel bags and kitchen towels and purses, um, drinkware, wine glasses, you name it, um, everything horsey. Even readers, for those of us who have to wear those glasses so we can see what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> and read the right um, maps. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Um, we have sleigh bells and all kinds of fun, fun small gifty things to um, of course, there's horse jewelry. Um, we have a fabulous, I think Glenn um, knows um, genuinely Jenny. Um, she goes to a, to a show that we attend each year, and her jewelry, she's a fantastic artist of equine designs. Um, it's all, um, you know, sterling silver and, and just beautiful horsey, um, horsey designs of, of all different varieties. Um, it, it's an old-fashioned um, method she uses on some of them. They're filigree um, where you can see through them, and she forms them all in wax. And anyway, they're they're pretty special pieces. Yeah, they're different uh, than so you uh, can check that out. some of the others that you see out there. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they really are. Yeah, they're really nice. And, now, and then, of course, we have a page. Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask um, real quick before I forget, when's the last day they okay. can order and actually get a gift shipped? Well, um because the the shippers the the carriers are so busy this time of year they were saying the 14th and i think this is going to catch some people by surprise because that's just friday yeah that's this uh-huh. week um, <laughs> however you know and for us we're so quick we get our packages to our, our to our customers within one to three business days so this makes me a little nervous because people are so used to how fast we do business um, and um, they are saying the 17th will be the absolute last day for ground deliveries, which is Monday. So I have uh, on the website, we have up there, don't delay, trying to let everybody know, um, you know, to get your orders in. And we are doing 12 um, uh, stallbuster deals. So um, each day there's a deep daily discount. And if you're not on our mailing list, go to the website, sign up at the bottom and get on the mailing list or give us a call, send us an email, um, you know, get on that mailing list so you know what these deep daily discounts are so you don't miss out. And what is your uh, website address? We are www.thedistancedepot.com. And your phone number? 866. 866- Eight six six eight six three two three four nine. Awesome. Now, Thank are we you. are we getting a, a little late for the custom tack? Then at this point, no. You know, it's still rolling in. One of the daily discounts wow. um, today we have. Yeah, we're doing um, percentage off on bridles. Um, so I believe bridles. Yes, bridles. Sorry. <laughs> um, so no, they're still rolling in. We we had a big sale. Um, oh, a couple weekends ago, and we were just bombarded. <laughs> we were surprised how many tack orders we got, so people were really thinking ahead. Um, but yeah, no, we're still sewing away like little elves here, um, trying to get Terrific. everything out in time. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Very good. Well, thank you so much, uh, Kristen, again, and uh, thank Merry you. Christmas. Merry Christmas to yeah. you all. Merry Christmas. Yeah. I know uh, when you're Take in care. retail, because I was, that when you get to the 26th, you go, whew. Uh, yes and then we start inventory counting yeah that that keeps us busy that always comes right after christmas which really stinks that's (laughs) like (laughs) well thanks kristen (laughs) thedistancedepot.com 
And we Bye-bye. appreciate Kristen. She's been doing the this show since you started, hasn't she? For most of the time, yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. See, so. and it just shows people just want to ride their horses. <laughs> 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 they just want to ride. And are you uh you're done with all your shopping? You're you're good to go. I hope I am. <laughs> yes, I think I I think so. I think I'm good. We uh, you know you've been busy shopping when you have on track UPS, FedEx and the post office all come to your house in yeah, the one same day. day. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Our UPS yes. guys getting here about 9:30 at night now. I know. They yeah. work long hours. They do. You know, that's yes. about when he, we're at the end of his route, and that's about when he gets here now. It's about 9.30 uh-huh. at night. Yeah, they, they've got a new thing now you can sign up for when you get a package shipped. And you can not just track your package and have it tell you when it's going to arrive, but you can actually track the UPS truck on its delivery really? that day. So you can see where it is as it's getting Go close. Go flag him down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Your first guest is ready. Great. Well, we have Melissa Ribley, who is co-managing the AERC 2019 National Championship Ride, which is going to be back on the West Coast on uh, this new year. Uh, Welcome, Melissa. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing well, Karen. Thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Sure. Well, thank you for joining us. We're excited to have the National Championship at 20 Mule Team, and we're looking forward to learning more about it. So what can you tell us about the ride? So the American Endurance Ride Conference, the AERC, the national governing body for the sport of endurance riding, uh, has their annual uh, national championship ride where riders from all over the country um, compete head-to-head and the uh, location of the ride moves around the country each year to afford riders from various regions in the country an opportunity to participate more easily Um, and it's also a great way for riders from other regions to see various parts of the country and trails maybe outside their region Um, So this year, AERC has uh, selected the West Coast, specifically the Pacific Southwest region in California, for the ride site. Um, And the ride itself, the venue and and course, will be based on a very long existing ride, the 20 Mule Team ride, which has um, been managed as an endurance ride in Ridgecrest, California, for Gosh, close to 40 years. So it's it's a very long-standing ride mm-hmm. um, and a great trail and a great venue. So we're, we're really excited it's back on the on the West Coast. It's been some time. Um, gosh, I think close to – I know it's been over 10 years, maybe over 15 years since the uh, national championship ride has been out on the um, West Coast. So we're wow. really wow. happy to have it back. And what's, what is the terrain like there? So the ride itself is in the um, high Mojave Desert. It's on the eastern side of the Sierra Mountains, right at the base of the Sierra Mountains. So there's there's great vistas of the mountains. Um, you, you can see the eastern side of the Sierras, and gosh, there's just not much of a prettier view than that. Um, the course itself is in the desert, so um, it is some sand terrain. I would say not deep sand. It's mainly on hard, harder-packed sand, uh, jeep roads and trails. I would say the terrain can be deceiving because when people think of the desert, they think of it as being 
flat. And gosh, you know, when you're riding along and you you turn around and you look where you've come from, you really realize you you've climbed significantly. So they're they're gradual climbs, um, but there is some climbing. And so we always advise riders to be cognizant of that and. A great way to really get an appreciation for that is to, to get off and, and walk with your horse, and you really get an appreciation for the uh-huh. amount of climbing you're doing. But the footing uh, overall is very good. There's there's not a lot of rock out there, um, and the, the footing, I would say, for the majority of the ride is, is pretty good. So, Right. Uh, and and the, what are the dates? So the dates, in fact, this is just hot off the press. The American Endurance Ride Conference Board uh, met last night, and on their agenda was the final approval of the date, which they did approve. So this oh, good. is just new. And so the dates for the championship ride will be, uh, the 50-mile ride will be on Thursday, October 31st, and the 100-mile ride will be on Saturday, November 2nd. And we um, fit that in in the Ridgecrest area at that t- during that time period to take advantage of the great weather that time of year. Being in the desert, the summer months and even early fall months are quite hot. Um, and then winter nights can be cold, so we wanted to keep the 100-mile riders that are going to be out there all night um, not riding in, in freezing weather. So I, th- I think the weather that time of year, and we planned this carefully, should be just ideal for uh, 100, both a 50 and 100 mile, mile ride. And what are the qualifications to enter? Yeah, so Each that's a good question. And yeah, and keeping in mind, um, there are um, qualifications um, that a rider must and horse must achieve in order to participate in the 50 and 100 mile ride. Um, but there is also an open division as well where you won't actually be participating in the um, championship ride, but you can still take advantage of the venue and the course and just the camaraderie of the weekend. But in order to actually compete in the championship rides itself for the 50-mile ride, and it's different for the 50-mile ride from the 100-mile ride, for the uh, 50-mile ride, the horse must have 300 lifetime miles and the rider must have 300 um, lifetime miles, and of that, 100 miles must be ridden together. And for the 100-mile ride, um, it's bumped up a bit. The horse must have 500 lifetime miles, and the rider must have 500 lifetime miles. And of that, they must have together completed at least uh, one 100-mile course or a pioneer ride um, together. And then all of these qualifications are met with rides of 50 miles or more. Um, oh, so good. No good. limited distance miles that will count towards that. And tell us about the facility for the camp. Yeah, that's one of the great parts of this of this ride. It's it's just such a been such a great venue for us. So, um, in the town of Ridgecrest, which is located um, in like I said, at the base of the Sierra Mountains eastern side. It's probably about two hours south of Bishop. Um, it's a town that's um, based there because of a military base. It's not a big town, but it has all of the um, attractions that one would want. Um, it has great restaurants and hotels for those traveling some distance. And then within the city limits is the Desert Empire Fairgrounds, and that's where the ride camp is based. And what's so great about that camp is there are stalls available for rent. So if you'd like to house your horse there, you can do that. 
Um, you can come early and stay late if you make arrangements with the fairgrounds. Um, there's hot showers, which is wonderful mm-hmm. when you're riding all day, and there's flush toilets and um, power and lights. And there's just expansive parking, which is nice. So when people travel quite some distance with their horses, they tend to have larger rigs, and certainly the parking here can accommodate that. Um, and what's nice also is it's right in town. So, gee, within a five-minute drive, you can be at uh, restaurants and stores, and yet the trail leads right out of there out into just expansive thousands of miles of open uh, BLM land because most of the course is on entirely uh, BLM public lands. Um, so that's, what, that's what's great about the location. Yes, and I know you've got a very experienced ride management staff with the veterinarians, ride management, the um, trail marking. Tell us a little bit about about that. Yeah, so, and, and as you know, Karen, it's really important, especially for a 100-mile ride, to have an established course and experienced ride management. Yes. With the 50-mile yes. ride, there's more room for error, but... Boy, on a 100-mile ride, riders really rely on a, on a course that's, that's, that's been ridden um, and is truly 100 miles, um, not too long, not too short, and is well-marked because there's mm-hmm. nothing worse than being lost at night in the middle of the night. And right, we right. have to provide plenty of water for these horses because they're out there for up to, to 24 hours. I mean, the winning horses usually come in right about dark, but many riders take the full 24 hours, so they're out there all night. So... Um, we've, we have, we managed the ride ourselves for close to 10 years before that Jackie Bumgardner managed the ride for many years. And she really set a high bar. She did uh, very well at at managing this ride and, and we hope to live up to that. Um, so we are very cognizant of having enough trail marking and having enough water. Those are really two critical items, especially on a, on a hundred, hundred mile ride. And, and like I alluded to earlier, this is a very established uh, course. Right, you know, right. We're not going to be reinventing anything. So um, people know and trust the course, and it's just a great course. And you're still having 20 Mule Team on its normal date in, is it February or March this year, for those that want to come and, um, you know, pre-ride the trail and see what it's like? Yes, and that's a good point. So the twenty, the regular 20-meal team ride itself, now managed by Brian and Valerie Reeves, um, they will be putting the ride on in February, the last Saturday in February, uh, and that ride is a great opportunity to come out and see the good, country ride good. course and get used to the um, venue. And I should mention in the open division rides, there'll be various distances. We throw in additional distances of shorter rides, say a 35-mile ride, and we um, throw in an intermediate distance of 65 miles. So for those that are want to do a little more than a 50 and not quite a 100, um, it's great to consider the open 65-mile ride. And if you're not up to a 50, the open 35-mile ride is a great distance also. And you can great. participate in those at the 20-mile team ride in February. And do you, are you going to be needing any additional volunteers if somebody wants to come and uh, volunteer uh, what would be the best way for them to do that? Volunteers, I will tell you, are are the basis of this sport. We could not put on the ride without volunteers. The ride itself takes a very large staff. I mean, we have up to 30 volunteers the day of the ride, um, and various um, job activities are taking horses, 
the horse's heart rates. That's called a pulse person. Uh, we need timers, um, spotters on the trail, and then just people to be in camp to help answer questions for riders um, and just helping in camp. So, gosh, we can always use volunteers, and it's a great way to learn about the sport. Mm-hmm. If you're a vet secretary, meaning you're filling out the rider cards as the veterinarian talks to the riders, that's a super way to see behind the scenes how horses um, do on endurance rides, and it's just a super opportunity to learn more about the sport. Um, we do have a, um, a website that, that we are getting up and running and a Facebook page, and you can always contact us through that in order to um, volunteer. And I'm, of course, always available by phone and email. And, uh, gosh, we'd love to have you come on down. And we treat the volunteers very well. Uh, we feed them all weekend. We have some great meals planned. We have a great cowboy caterer coming out. Um, so there will be super food. That should attract some people. Um, and we give the volunteers some goodies and um, special little prizes as well. So we'd love to have people come on out. Great. Well, thank you, Melissa, for telling us about the ride. I'm looking forward to it. And um, uh, I know it, uh, just to reiterate to everybody listening, this is a really well-managed ride, long-time ride, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope everybody can make it this year. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Melissa. So, Karen, do you have to qualify for the national championships? Yes, like Melissa was mentioning, the requirements were, I, I believe, 300 miles right, okay. and a certain amount, you know, for uh, the rider to do on the horse. So, um, but, but do you have to place any cert- or is it just you have to have the miles? I think you just have to have the miles. Okay, that was what I was confused yes, about. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Right. So, yeah. so you would, you would, pl- so, you would qualify every year. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Twice or three times. <laughs> like, or so was that something you'd want to do next year? Will you do it next year? Uh, probably. Well, you yeah. know, I, I did 20 mule team this year. Right. Um, right. Went down and did it with my junior. We both rode the 50 and I've ridden the hundred there several times. Um, and in it, uh, they make improvements to it all the time. That's the one thing I didn't get to mention with, with Melissa. But uh, the, the last year or two when I've ridden the ride, I can see they've gone out and they have found better trail and changed the course. So it's always evolving and improving. And they really do an excellent job of ride management at this ride. I have done the 100 there without a crew on my own. So, you know, it, it's one of those rides where you can go and ride. If you don't have help, um, you can still go and, and do the ride on your own. So um, maybe we can get Jennifer to come out for it. <laughs> That's a road trip. <laughs> I'll, come, I'll come crew for you if you, you do. You couldn't get any further from our house to Ridgecrest, California. Uh, it's pretty Probably. much. Not without leaving the United States, you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, there's Alaska, but I don't yeah, think there's It's a 12-day trip or, here. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it would be quite a... Are there any endurance rides in alaska i you know i don't think there are 
What a beautiful so place to have one, though, huh? Yes, yeah. but so living in Alaska uh, is an endurance ride. Right, living right. there, <laughs> right. exactly. It would be kind of a limited ride season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we and, think and, we think our ride season in the in the West region is kind of yeah. short, but I think Alaska. You're gonna would leg be up shorter. for the one ride in August, uh, yeah. and then that's it. Yep. Exactly, you'd be out <laughs> riding in the dark. Yep. Oh. All year long. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's uh, let's play a little Christmas, and then we're going to come back. Okay. Jennifer's going to get our next guest on the line, and we're then going to be talking. Uh, we're going to be talking to the Green Beans, the babies, the baby endurance the riders. <laughs> so, so, uh, but it's a lady who actually did a presentation for Green Beans, and she's going to go through the presentation with us. And it's a good time of year to, as people are thinking about maybe trying the first endurance ride next year. And we actually heard from a couple of our listeners who were thinking about it. So, uh, I think it's going to be kind of cool. We'll listen to her, but uh, let's let's think a little Christmas right now. Get the shopping mood over there at Distance Depot. Can't you hear those bells? Can't you hear those bells? Can't you hear those bells? Christmas times are coming. Christmas times are coming. Christmas times are coming, and I know I'm going home. Snowflakes are falling, my old homes are calling. Tall pines are humming, cause Christmas times are coming. Can't you hear those bells ringing, ringing? Joy, joy, hear them singing. When it's snowing, I'll be going back to my country home. Christmas times are coming, Christmas times are coming, Christmas times are coming, and I know I'm going home, yeah. Holly's in the window, home's where the wind blows, you can't walk for running. Christmas times are coming Can't you hear those bells ringing, ringing Joy, joy, hear them singing When it's snowing, I'll be going Back to my country home Back home when Christmas times are coming Can't you hear those bells ringing, ringing Joy, joy, hear them singing When it's snowing, I'll be going Back to my country home Cause Christmas times are coming Christmas times are coming Christmas times are coming And I know I'm going home Christmas times are coming, Christmas times are coming, Christmas times are coming, and Lord, I'm going. 
as Templeton Thompson. You can find all of her music at templetonthompson.com. And I wanted to remind everybody that we do have a full week of programming this week and next, and then we will be off for the holidays. But we'll be putting out shows. we got some fun best ofs, and uh, we have some fun mashups coming out to you. So we'll be doing that. But tomorrow, Jamie will be back. She's coming to us from Flag is Up Farm in uh, California. So she'll be at Monty Roberts' place. She's out there helping with demonstrations. She'll she'll be joining us from there tomorrow. And your next guest is ready. But uh, are, who, are we talking about Renegade later? Yes. Okay. All right. So we're good to go. Yes. Okay, our next guest is Mary Howell, who has ridden over 9,200 miles and distances wow. from 25s to 100s since 1999. And she recently gave a presentation for the Green Bean Endurance webcast on the top 10 things that she wishes she had known when she first started this sport. So welcome, Mary. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm a little tired. Um, we had some snow here in Virginia, and I've been busy at my job helping uh, get caught up. But thanks for giving me a break in my morning routine. Um, <laughs> when I when I first heard about the Green Bean Program as a board member and chair of the membership committee, I knew this was an amazing program we needed to make part of AERC and looking for ways to give more value to our 400-plus Green Bean members. I borrowed from the... Um, AERC International folks who've been doing webinars throughout 2018 and lined up um, during these dark, cold winter months uh, four different speakers, four different topics. So I was the second speaker. Um, Sudi Lenhart, president of SERA, uh, kicked it off with her Art of Perfect Pacing, and notes for that are on the Green Bean website. And then um, I decided to share some of my wisdom since I was kind of a hot mess when I started this sport um, in, in my uh, talk last week on December 3rd, and that's also been posted on the Green Bean uh, blog part of the menu. Right, and the website is greenbeanendurance.org. And yes, you brought, and uh, Deb, Deb Moe just Facebook, gave the website right? a new refresh. It's amazing looking. <laughs> yes, Go ahead. the website looks great, um, but you're also on Facebook too, aren't you? You have a Green Bean page on yes, Facebook. Um, so. all our Green Beans are welcome to join the Facebook page, and we uh, put reminders. We also started a bi-monthly newsletter. Griffin Keller here in Virginia does a great job getting that out to all the green beans uh, about every other month, and we are real excited about some programs we'll be offering for the coming year, including the chance to win free attendance at the convention. We're just getting that um, online application ready so people can from all over the country can enter to win and we'll pick one winner from each of the nine now is it just green bean isn't just kids it's new people it's anyone who wants to pay the um, little additional fee fifteen dollars to enroll um, to be considered for their points program you need to have under a thousand recorded miles of competition well that'd be you jennifer you have like 30 so um you could be a green bean. You could. <laughs> yeah. And and Distance Depot is one of the sponsors. They've been an amazing sponsor. Our members uh, are entered in monthly drawings, and we also have logo wear that a lot of our green beans, at least here on the East Coast, wear with pride. Um, it's not hard to see green when you go to an AERC ride these days. <laughs> Good. Okay, well, let's just jump right on in. Start with your first uh, tip. 
Sure, and I'm not going to go over a lot of detail because you can pull right, up my notes, right. but I wanted to say that we, um, Deb and I did some numbers crunching, and about 25% of our 400 green beans did not actually start a ride in the 2018 membership year. So my first um, thing I wish I'd known is not waiting too long. It took me about three years from when I learned about the sport to finally enter a 50, and I um, would just tell someone you'll never know if it's not for you if you don't try if your horse isn't quite ready, um, don't be shy about asking to borrow a horse because that sometimes helps a lot uh, get started mm-hmm. and build confidence. And, um, I, you know, there's a, definitely a reputation our sport has that, that people that want to enter a ride have to train all the time. And I'll talk a little later about, you know, the wisdom I gained on that. But if your horse can be ridden over a weekend and cover 15 to 20 miles, you're you're ready for an LD. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Good. That's right, Jennifer. So she's going to be doing her first 25 this weekend um, in the rain. <laughs> hey, so. rain makes it easier in my experience. We're, we're bringing the flotation today. device. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> um, the the um, one thing that is really important to success, though, and, you know, people get all wrapped up in the color of their tack and, you know, things that aren't. Um, maybe is, is directly responsible for their ability to get to a ride, but there's just no getting around. You need a saddle that fits your horse, and you need your horse's uh, hooves in good shape. Mm-hmm. And however you choose to protect them, and whatever brand of saddle you choose to buy, um, any help you can get um, will save you time um, down the road. And um, I learned to put on easy boots really fast early in the sport. I um, <laughs> um, had a horse that loved to pull shoes and. I, I could have people galloping by me and still put on an easy boot, but but you obviously have to try it out at home before you try it on the trail. And uh, something I added to my presentation, you really need to remember the horse that you ride at home can turn into a um, fire-breathing dragon <laughs> at the ride, and it's really great to have... Um, in addition to whatever you normally would ride in on your horse's head, something that will give you more breaks because you just might need that at least at the beginning of the ride in order to um, pace your horse properly. And, and, and Sudi went into a lot of good detail on that. Exactly. Because it, yes, if your horse tires you out, then you get tired and you don't ride as well. And then you make poor decisions. And so it's a, yeah. and a, one of those things. Having that just a, keeps... having a, Strong headgear um, actually can even help prevent tie-ups. Um, when you're fighting your horse all the time, I've you know learned the hard way that that if if your horse isn't listening to you and keeps fighting you, that they're using their energy to do that instead of go forward, and it it can be a contributing factor to exertional rumbo myodosis. I'm sorry, I didn't say it exactly right, but right, but, right, um, yeah. There's a lot of reasons to have good breaks. Um, probably the thing I'm most um, um, urgent when our sport involves a lot of travel and a lot of folks are a little intimidated about trailering alone. And if you aren't able to find someone to caravan with, or maybe catch your ride with, you definitely want to think over that part of the adventure real thoroughly. I've many, many times um, lost GPS signal because rides are in remote places. And I always remember meeting a green bean, a good friend from Maryland um, who was trying to turn her horse trailer around on a narrow dirt road 
And I was in a car because someone had brought my horse to the ride for me because I couldn't get off work. And I jump out and I run over and I say, can I help you? And she said, is the ride anywhere near here? And I said, oh, you were in the right direction. You just needed to go another two miles. (laughs) And I helped her get her trailer turned around and she always remembered that. But, you know, the most stressful part of getting to a ride can be the last, um, you know, half hour or so, depending on how far off a main road and it's always a good idea if you've not been somewhere before to talk to someone who's been there or, or call the ride manager and get some landmarks and advice and, and try not to arrive in the dark. is enough to do with setting up and helping your horse get acquainted with camp. And I was definitely guilty of, you know, only wanting to take four hours of time off work. And so I'd, you know, leave around one in the afternoon and get there around seven at night when it was dark and be all stressed out. And uh-huh. there's no need for that. It yeah, makes she, your it, horse have a better time too. <laughs> yes, it's definitely good advice to check the maps ahead of time and don't just go by what you might find on the internet because we've all made that mistake <laughs> where it tries to send you somewhere where you can't go with a horse trailer. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's exactly. the worst. Worst, and, and then, it takes longer to to go anywhere with a horse than in a car, so you need to you know add time for that. Exactly. And even just to kind of calculate ahead of time where you're going to need to stop to refuel or, or whatever, it's exactly. it's always good good to pre-plan. And, and so what do you have about packing? So I have done many muddy wet rides and often have to go right to work as soon as I get home, don't have time to really unpack and clean up, the, you know, right away. So I've found that not bringing the kitchen sink, not bringing an entire bag of feed, not bringing a whole lot more hay than you'll actually use just makes things a lot easier. Um, I'm famous for forgetting things. I've forgotten my helmet, my horse's bridle, my fencing. (laughs) I've forgotten all kinds of things over the years, and I've been lucky that I've been able to either replace it somehow or borrow something at the Mm -hmm. ride. But when you pack ahead of time, it really helps you – make sure you didn't forget anything and be more relaxed when you start your trip because you won't have, um, you know, spent so much energy getting everything in the trailer. Right. And I'm a big fan of keeping it simple. I bring a totally different set of things for, you know, a summer ride than I do for a winter ride. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I talk in my fifth point about, this, this is one of the biggest things I wanted to share with those listening I've interviewed all of the people who finished the Northeast Region's 100-mile Triple Crown Challenge, and without exception, all six of them have said that your horse needs a lot of rest between rides, and I was guilty of throwing too much at my six-year-old horse his first full season of competition. He dropped a lot of weight because I did um, two one-day 100-mile rides about four weeks apart and then tried to take him to a 50 and I've since learned, and I luckily have multiple horses so I can kind of rotate them, but I've since learned mm-hmm. I really need to spend the time between rides helping my horse regain weight, rest up, deal with any issues that might have arisen, like, you know, did he have any saddle rubs or interference marks or things that I might need to talk with my farrier or vet or chiropractor about, and um, really um, take – don't – Assume if your horse has always been an air fern that once you start competing, you're not going to need to up that horse's food. I've, I've seen that question a lot on the Green Bean social media channels. I promise you, your horse will look slimmer after you start doing endurance and you'll probably need a little, a little <laughs> right. more than just hay to get by. Um, I have, in the last several years, felt that the best way 
to be able to do a full season of competition is to not wait for ulcers to to um, attack your horse, but to be in prevention mode. And so all my horses get a daily preventive. Um, during the talk, I mentioned um, NALOX, which you can get from Kentucky Performance Products, KPP USA. And since I live on the East Coast, where Southern States um, sells a lot of um, legends and triple crown feeds, I use their GastroCare pelleted supplement, which I've found has been great and keeps good weight on my horses. The added benefit is that your horse can sometimes get by on less feed when they, you know, they make more value out of the food feed they eat when, when you do this. So that's another tip I learned about later in my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's common for horses their first couple or three ride seasons that they're a little harder to keep the weight on until they get more seasoned. That's that's yeah, they learn normal. to make the most out of every vet check. I'm pretty excited. Two of my horses, when I uh, come into a hold, if I've got all their food set out, they, they ground tie. I can go off to the porta potty <laughs> or talk with friends, and they're not budging. They're going to sleep or eat the whole time I'm at the hold, and I don't need to worry about about yes. babysitting them. But but then there's That's horses, and, and this kind of ties into my second point. It's really important, especially when your horse is learning the sport, to, to take a little extra effort during the, the travel there and when you first get to the ride to help them settle in. And I can think of times when my horse wouldn't drink or eat on trailer, so I took him off the trailer several times to help him um, you know, arrive at the base camp, not in too much of a deficit. And one memorable ride... I couldn't get him to eat anything I had, and rather than go to the ride meeting because I was so worried about him, I hand-grazed him until dark, and then I got up in the middle of the night and hand-grazed him some more, and darn it if he didn't somehow win the ride the next day. But I I don't regret (laughs) taking that extra time rather than socializing and hanging out. If your horse isn't taking care of himself, you need to intervene. And um, one of my biggest lessons in 2001 I was riding with Angie McGee and another lady, and it was about 70 miles into 100. The horse that was riding with Angie and me didn't start grabbing grass when we stopped at a grassy spot to let him have a little grazing on trail. And we asked the other rider, did your horse eat at the last hold? And she said no. And we told her that that was a big concern and, you know, maybe... If her horse wouldn't eat, he might want to think about waiting until he does. And I've, I've since told so many people that do not leave mm-hmm. your hold unless if your horse isn't eating. And, and you might have to try to borrow food from someone else or hand walk them to somewhere to get away from all the hu- hustle and bustle if it's a big ride. Um, it, there's a wonderful aspect of our sport is that you can stay longer in the hold. You don't have to leave it your out time. And I've, I think Shiloh's first hundred, I did just that. It was the hottest part of the day, about four in the afternoon, and I gave him another half hour to just rest, you know, until the daylight started waning and the temps started dropping, and and he finished great. You know, it was a good decision. Uh So um, hope hope that wisdom will help others. Yes, and what about hydration? Well, I <laughs> had a friend who's just gotten into the sport who taught me something. Uh, we were riding together last summer, and she pulled out some uh, rice bran powder and said, this is Karen Chatton's sweet water. <laughs> and I found that one of my horses in particular, in fact, I've been feeding it the last two days during our snowstorm, even though we weren't at a ride. I just wanted this horse to stay hydrated. Oh, right, my Lord, right. you think I'm giving him the best thing <laughs> in the world. So we now carry little... Uh, 
plastic uh, sealed tins of rice bran everywhere we go, even just for training rides. And this is a mare that might need fluids if you weren't careful because she's not a good drinker. And thanks to the amazing discovery of, of um, rice bran mixed with water to make sweet water, we, we have some uh-huh. horses that really look forward to that. And I'm so excited I learned about that just <laughs> <laughs> this year. I know the horses love that stuff. It's just amazing to watch them just slurp down a whole, you know, bucket of water. Yeah, it, and it's not sweet. It's just something that must really feel good about that rice bran. It must be very soothing to them. But um, anyway, I like it a lot better than than um, some of the alternatives. I um, I did have, along with being a hot mess, um, several rides I've done over the years where I failed to make the ride meeting because I was crewing for someone the first day of a two-day ride or I got there late or whatever. I was tired and I took a nap and slept through it. And I've had to pay that price. Oh, my word. So I would tell anyone that it sounds like a no-brainer, but make sure if if they don't give you a map, you get as much information you can about what, what loops you're doing in what order, how long they are, where water is, if there's any checkpoints. And I've sometimes had to work with my fellow riders when we've been on trail and we've gotten to a place where we can't tell which way to go either because some deer ate the ribbons or the trail got unmarked or whatever. And um, you just have to hang in there. You know, getting completion miles only is a lot better than not getting a completion. And, and, and um, you know, if it happens to you once, you'll even more cautious. I will say that when I'm at a ride I haven't been to before, a lot of times I'll stay with someone who knows the trail, even if it means not riding the pace I, I might have ridden. Um, I'm hoping to go with a lot of other East Coasters to Bighorn later this year, and I'm really hoping um, I'll have a good experience, but I'm uh-huh. still going to do everything I can to be, <laughs> be careful about trail markings, because that can make your your horse work a lot harder if you miss trail and have to do extra miles and that's not exactly and if you do miss the trail don't try to hurry up and make up for it right just you know relax just consider that it's going to be a little extra time yeah my epic adventure in texas i'm I'm, um, I, i worked the first day and i missed the ride briefing and i'm on the last loop the second day Problem was, I went on the blue loop instead of the yellow loop, and I had no way of knowing, because I wasn't from Texas, that there were still some ribbons up from the previous year when they had a blue loop that actually started from a base camp Uh about 10 miles away. (laughs) So yours truly ended up about 6 o'clock at night, 10 miles from ride camp, and bless the horse owner was so so kind. But the one thing that made me very proud about that whole debacle was I had you know, Texas had plenty of grass and I'd found plenty of places to take care of my horse while I was figuring out what I was doing wrong. <laughs> and he had to go through a, you know, control judge exam when he finally got back to camp and he got all A's. So I did, okay. I did that part good. Uh, but anyway, look, talk about an expensive lesson to go all the way to Texas and not get a completion because I would have been over time. <laughs> anyway, oh, gosh. Um, taking care of yourself. Um, so, while I was on that epic adventure, I got very thirsty, and it was like someone up in heaven like dropped a full bottle of unopened water at the trail. <laughs> but I've I've been known to drink from creeks. But the the there's no um, whether you're in California or Virginia, you have to drink all day long if you're going to take good care of your horse. You you can't take good care of your horse when you're dehydrated or tired. And whatever it takes, um, 
you know, whatever mixture of, you know, sports drinks and water works for you, uh, there's just no substitute for staying hydrated. And I've often been glad I packed a little something with salt, like beef jerky or potato chips in my bag, because sometimes out of the blue, you can feel yourself starting to go downhill. And I've turned myself around several times by keeping, you know, human electrolytes basically with me and, and being ready to use them. And yes, I've used my horse electrolytes on myself. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, it, and it helps you the next day too, you know, with uh, not feeling right, so tired to- and sore. Yes, when you have to go upstairs, for example. <laughs> well, exactly. Karen, we are running out of time. We're actually, we've run out of time. This has been very insightful. I, you know, I've been listening to it, uh, thinking yeah. about it as a, as a green bean, and it's very insightful. Uh, and Jennifer, going on her first 25 this week, has probably been listening too, I'm sure. <laughs> so. Right, right. Well, gosh, Mary, thank you for joining us, and um, I just, want to also mention that for those that want to see Mary's notes, you can go to the greenbeanendurance.org website or look them up on Facebook. Thank you very much for promoting our wonderful program. It's a well, great, great way for those new to the sport to have a good experience. Well, thanks, Mary, and good luck with your uh, new ride season. Thank you. And Keith will be doing our next, um, it's open to all members. Oh, um, good. Beginning okay. of January. And Patty Stedman will be our speaker in February. So um, stay tuned for two more installments of our series. Terrific. Thanks. Thanks a bunch. Thanks, Mary. All right, guys. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. All right. We're going to go right into our next guest. All right. We have Hannah on the line already? Yep. yep. Oh, great. Well, Hannah has also been writing endurance for a long time since 1996 she's got over 6,000 miles and in 2018 she placed first in the AARC national 100 mile championship so congratulations and welcome to the show Hannah how are you doing this morning thank you I'm good I've just got off the night shift so I'm a little sleepy but I'm good (laughs) hey Hannah are you gonna jump in here quick are you on a speaker or Headset of any kind. Oh, yes. Can you? you, you yeah, we have speaker? to have you come off the speaker. It doesn't record real it, well. Yes, uh, it's echoing. Nope. I'm, a little bit. I'm good. All right. There you go. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Good. And so I always like to highlight the 100 mile distance and the 100 mile riders. So congratulations on your successful Thank ride you. season. Thank you. T- tell us a little bit about why you like to ride hundreds. Yeah. Well, okay. So I guess my thing is, is if I'm going to go, I want more bang for my buck. (laughs) If I'm going to travel, I, I just like to see the, the country. I mean, it's not a cheap to get there or cheap to do the sport. So I, if I have the horse, I'd rather do the distance kind of, and I get to spend it. I get more time out on the trail. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so how many hundreds did you ride this year? Um, I rode five. Five? This year, yep. Okay. Yeah. Tell us uh, Tell us yeah. about Stuart, your horse. He is, he's 13 this year. Um, I bred him. I had his mom. Um, bred, raised, trained. So I've done everything with him, basically. Um, he's done 1100s. Um, 
He's got right around 2,300 miles, I think, so far. And it's Mm -hmm. our ninth year. Um, Last year, though, however, up until last year, he had two eyes. And then, or 2016, I should say, in October. um, And he had cancer. So then, like, sarcoids all the way around it to where he was losing sight and getting ulcers. So we took that out. And so this is his second season being a one-eyed horse and clearly not stopped him. (laughs) So he's doing amazing. There's a few horses out there doing endurance with just one eye or that can only see out of one eye. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it is. And I, I was concerned of like him in the dark, him like in single track on drop offs and the only thing I've noticed is his depth perception in the dark is just kind of a thing for him. But if I have a really bright headlamp, which normally I don't ride with a headlamp, but apparently with him, I'm going to have to, because he's not done with hundreds. He's ready to rock and roll. still. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. So, it, so I have to ride with a headlamp with him. And um, so how do you fit in everything that you do? I know you work. I know you recently when you were going to college and graduated and you're competing at the hundred mile level, how do you fit that all in? Um, I am busy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm busy. I ride. I mean, so to have a couple horses, I pony a lot. Um, and then, but I don't, I guess I don't over train, I guess for one way of saying it. Right. Believe in a, I'm not overriding, um, and I use a lot of endurance rides as conditioning rides. Um, but I guess that was that's kind of the big thing is is not doing the extra extra miles like unneeded miles. Right, you make here. the miles count. Um, uh huh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, so I mean, that's kind of the big thing. And now it's now I'm just a one one job, and I mean it. So it's after being in school and working full time, it's kind of pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like a normal person now. <laughs> right. So, so when you do a training ride, what, what's, what's that like? What kind of training rides are you doing when you do them? I, um, so I, I live in the black Hills, which is amazing training. Um, it's, I mean, I can do a 14 mile training ride. That's nothing but he'll work basically. Like I have to actually go somewhere special to do flat work with them. Um, And so, I mean, I can do slow heels, fast heels, but like most of it's just heel work with them. Um, Mm -hmm. But it just kind of depends on where I'm going, which my next ride is. I mean, right now it's winter time. It's currently snowing as I speak. And so he doesn't, he's, (laughs) I did that ride in October. And so he's off until May, basically. Um, and then we'll just start back slow and then do a 50 probably in May. And I know the um, folks are, and then it, just go from there. At Renegade, we're really excited that you've been doing so well. Um, so tell us about your hoof protection. Well, I was just going to say I contribute a lot to that. And this year, normally on hundreds, I would use glue-ons just 
So I knew that they would stay on. I wasn't going to have any troubles with it. Mm-hmm. But he was, I've been using the Vipers on him. And I used uh, three out of the 500s. I used strap-ons only, put them on in the morning, took them off at the end. Like, didn't yes. mess with them at that check, nothing. Isn't that and nice? <laughs> when you're amazing. done, you're done. Yeah, like it's he amazing. did. Correct. Correct. And, but like, and he did so amazing in those. And so they, they asked me to use, try some new glue. And I was like, okay, but I don't want to glue on. (laughs) So it was kind of tough. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, it's just been, I've, I think I've been using Renegade since I want to say 2010. So Uh eight years, maybe nine years. Mm-hmm. And I the the product's amazing. Like I've just had nothing good but good things to say. Terrific. So yeah, yeah, yeah Def- amazing stuff. Definitely working for you. And so, where did you place? It is go over your five hundreds that you did. Where did you place in them? Um, I think. Okay, let me think about this. So I did four <laughs> house, and me and Connie. Coddle, we placed second together. We held hands crossing oh. the finish line. Um, Bighorn 100, we came in first. And Annie got best condition. Let me add that in there because <laughs> that's special. Um, and uh-huh. then Tapman Mountain, there's a group of us that came in together. And then, but we kind of, I came in first and then one, two, three kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, the fourth one, it was first, but I was also last because I was the only hundred miler <laughs> in that ride. And so we were the solo ones. And then we did the AHA nationals in Indiana and we were fourth. Wow. That, good job. So yeah. do you have, do you have any and so, advice? And that was tough. Was it? Say that again. Yeah, was, it rained. It rained the night before and it was muddy and it was tough and like mud sucking. And yeah, it was, that was a tough ride for sure. Okay. Wow. Well, that's endurance, right? <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. And he, it was like, it wasn't, and my whole thing was, I just wanted to finish. And so uh-huh. was, let's just creep through this, buddy. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't get to play your game. <laughs> Well, he's a tough horse. I'll give him that for sure. He is. He He had an awesome year. And so do you have advice for anyone that wants to ride hundreds? I I guess my big thing is get a good base and learn your horse first. Like Mm -hmm. know when, if you get into a situation and he, one, he doesn't eat or he doesn't drink at a certain spot. Is he doing that for a reason or is he in trouble right type deal um like you can you can kind of get skate through 50s maybe 75s but hundreds it's not gonna fly basically and then after that once you know your horse just do it like I don't my first hundred was Tevis and I I legit had 250 miles under my belt ever Uh I was naive (laughs) I didn't know a thing about endurance I didn't know a thing about electrolytes I didn't know I didn't know anything and 
me and this, actually the mom, like Stuart's mom, we went through and we just made our way through and we finished wow. by the grace of God. And yeah. And then, well, and then, I, and then I was hooked after that, but uh-huh. yeah, but it, don't overthink it. Basically know your horse, get a good base and don't overthink it and do it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, I think it's, yeah, I just, just keep going and ride it. So what are your and plans I was lucky for this year? I met, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go on, go on. Don't let me interrupt. Oh, I met, I met two, I met two newbies this year. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Like, so I was able to kind of share my knowledge with them about going from 25s to 50s. And, and so that was pretty fun this year mm-hmm. to be able to do that, that are close to me. And so hopefully we're going to one day ride hundreds together. That's my goal with them. Good. They might not know it Good. yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bad influence. Actually, it's a good influence. No, I'm a good influence. <laughs> you are. You are. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's good to get these people writing hundreds. We need <laughs> For more, sure. more of those. Awesome. Exactly. So, so what are you looking forward to in the new ride season this year? Um, More hundreds. Stuart's going to have a pretty easy next year. Um, I mean, I kind of want them to last forever and I know they only have three mm-hmm. miles. Um, right, right. I have another 10 year old that came to me at when he was seven. So he's kind of just a baby still. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of want to work on him to kind of get him up and going, maybe do a 75, maybe do a hundred or so on him. Stuart, I want to do another one or two hundreds on Stuart, but I kind of want to do the ARC nationals. That seems amazing. If it good, good. Yes. blizzard us in here so we could get there. That's kind of our challenge once it gets to that time of year, but that would be fun. I, I, that's one of my bucket list rides for sure to go there. Oh, good. Good. Um, yeah. It's a nice ride. Yeah. It's one of the nicer yeah, ones. Yeah, so Stuart, yeah. Stuart guys, he kind of gets to take the easy road next year. I mean, he still gets to do things, but right, I just want right. to, I don't know. I just want him to last forever. I know. I wish they all would. <laughs> mm-hmm. They all would. Yep. I feel like he's just kind of that once in a lifetime horse that, I mean, he's just a, he's a cool guy. So Right, right. And enjoy, you know, every I mean, mile. I had a party yeah. for him. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> We did. He had a carrot party and mm-hmm, all these, my buddies came over and they fed him carrots. Yeah. Like he's kind of a big deal. I don't know. I think I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> well, that's fun. You're definitely enjoying the, you know, the, uh, making all these great memories together with him. Yes. So yeah, cool. absolutely. Well, I just want to thank you again for joining us and say congratulations and good luck. And well, thank uh, you. Thank you. Yep, yeah. Thanks for having me. And I uh, hope you don't get too much snow today. <laughs> right? I it's, know. Uh, it's the season, it's, though. It's, it's okay. winter. Yeah, I know. I know. It is. Well, yeah, thanks, thanks again. You know, it's Have all right. And they're on, they're on break, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. It's not springtime, so <laughs> I'm not too angry about right. it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Hannah. Have a, have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yes, Merry Christmas hey, to you. Hey, you too. All right. Bye.
Well, there we go. There was a jam-packed show. Your last one of 2018. Of the year, yeah. yes. So yeah. thank you for, for being with us all year. You've been a trooper. Uh, you, and I, I'm going to give an inside secret here. Karen is the best at having her show notes done for the show. <laughs> she is got them done. They're all, all the guests are, are lined up. Do you talk to them ahead of time? Sometimes, you know, some, you know, some of the ones that are a little more shy and they're not quite sure mm-hmm. about, you know, coming on live. Because you're so um, scary. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, but it's so fun because like I, I talked to, I asked four people this month to come on and all four said they do it. One of them I'm scheduling for later on, but the other three were all came on today. And so I think that's just like the coolest thing to get to do, to talk to all these amazing people. I mean, the three we talked to today were all, all from different parts of the country. Right, right. So um, I'm sure you get to, you know, and do that yourself because you interview way more people yeah. than I do. But, but it's just fun to get to talk to all these people and you see how much we have in common with, with this sport. And not one of them said anything about politics. They all just want to ride their horse. <laughs> Yay! They all, exactly. <laughs> right. We all want to ride. We just want to go and ride and enjoy our horses and, and the amazing country that we get to you know, share with our horses and our friends and have a good time. All right. Any last minute uh, word for Jennifer? Jennifer, any last minute advice for Jennifer for this week? Jennifer, we just spoke to someone who got up and rode a hundred miles after it rained all night on them. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag first world equestrian problem. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you can do it. (laughs) Go have fun. And I'm looking forward to hearing how your ride went. (laughs) I'm cold just thinking about it. I'm such a one. (laughs) Oh, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. It'll be okay. Well, thank you very much, Karen. We really appreciate it. You have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you in 2019. Thank you. And everybody, wear your helmets. Yeah, wear your helmets. That's correct. Uh, I don't care what you're doing. Shoveling, wherever you're doing, wear your helmets. We are going to be here tomorrow morning at 9 or 10 a.m. Sorry about that. And by the way, this time, you're really liking this new time, aren't you? You don't have to get up as early. I am. Yes. I'm going to get up till like 5.30 or 6. I know. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you all tomorrow morning. Thanks a bunch.